some of the best projects that I have worked on have not involved any modeling, have not involved uh, any sophisticated stuff, um, but they have been simple cuts of data, but with very high impact. As long as you show it right, you don't need to build the rocket ship out in the first go, uh, but you can at least show that, hey, there is this part of the rocket ship that is built and that could be useful for you in this way. Hello and welcome to Data Shadow, the podcast on all things data. This podcast is a series of conversations with experts and industry leaders in data, and each week we aim to unpack a different compartment of the data suitcase. I'm your host, Karthik Shashidhar. I'm a blogger, newspaper columnist, book author, and a former data and strategy consultant. I currently head analytics and business intelligence for Delivery, one of India's largest logistics companies. You can follow me on Twitter at Karthik S, that is K-A-R-T-H-I-K-S and read my blog at noenthuda.com, that is N-O-E-N-T-H-U-D-A.com. All opinions expressed in this podcast belong to me and my podcast guests and I do not reflect the views of any organizations we might be associated with. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be taken as financial or legal advice. We are now in 2021. Everyone wants to do data science. When companies raise money, it's common for them to say that they would use the funds to invest more in data science and analytics. Some other well-funded companies are accused of holding data scientists. Back in 2006, during a bull run in crude oil prices, a mathematician had said that data is the new oil and that's now become a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. However, just investing in capturing data and hiring data scientists doesn't work. A lot of effort goes in to make sure that the data science teams can actually be effective. Today's guest is Anuj Krishna. Anuj was an early employee of Mu Sigma, one of India's largest analytics outsourcing companies. Later, he went on to be a co-founder of The Math Company. Over the course of his career, Anuj has led and delivered hundreds of analytics and data science projects and by analyzing data from those he has figured out a thing or two on what works and what doesn't in terms of making data science work for a company. Let's start with how business and data science sort of interact. I mean this is a sort of slightly old view that I have which is that like the business guys kind of uh, treat the data guys in one of two ways. One is that like they think the data people are gods and they whatever they say is the gospel and you need to listen to them. And the at the other extreme you have like uh, uh, you, the, the business people think that like these data guys are doing some random math which is not relevant to the business so why do we need to listen to them? And in either cases if you think about it the business is not able to get the full value from the data. So to start with like is this, is this, uh, is my view correct? Is it still happening? Is it universal or is it sort of certain types of companies where it happens? And yeah, and what, what do you need to do to uh, sort of um, integrate data and business better? Yeah, I mean, um, 
So I think that, you know, I think a lot of it has to do more with uh, how we, how data scientists or, you know, the, the data product itself gets delivered to business, right? Um, I think because of that, if you, if you, if you think about how that, that delivery really happens and if you make it more math, more tech, and you don't do plain speak, business speak, businesses tend to, business people tend to either twist to this side or twist to that side. Um, in either case, as you said, it, it doesn't become useful. In terms of organizations themselves who, um, you know, kind of uh, go through this, I haven't seen this as much in organizations which have sort of grown with data at its center or tech at its center. Uh, some of the more newer age organizations, I think, like if you take the Amazon of the world, I don't think that they think that differently between data and business because for them, the data gives them the, um, is the core of their value proposition in some ways, right? Uh, but if you take some of the older organizations, it becomes a big challenge because they're not used to thinking of uh, data in a particular way. They're not used to using data in a particular way. So, so there it becomes more of a challenge uh, where uh, where where businesses sort of tend to uh, tune out uh, in a lot of ways when 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 the data guys come to come to talk anything. And a lot of it is just articulation. I feel. Um, I mean, I think the, 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 if the data product is presented in a way that is simple, that is usable, that uh, caters to, uh, uh, you know, a layer of translation, um, because you do need to translate what has happened uh, in your data science sort of cooking to what does it really mean to the business. If the translation layer is not very clean, I think in a lot of cases that, that sort of view tends to happen. So coming to the translation layer, it's a layer, right? Whose responsibility is it? I mean, or to phrase it another way, right? I mean, one way, the some companies look at it as like, get a bunch of math guys and let them do the data. And then like, whose responsibility is it to sort of take the data insights? And because I've seen like client presentations, which have like, this had this p-value, this had that p-value and everybody was like blank. I mean, so obviously, the, so, so somebody needs to take the responsibility who can, understand both sides so who can take the p-value and then tell the business like, okay, this is what the data is telling us and so on. So how, how does it sort of play out? I, I mean, uh, how do you different, different organizations have dealt with that very differently, right? So there are some who have, who have a specific person who, which is a role called the analytics translator, if you will, um, who is going to do that uh, for the business and from the business to the, to the, to the an, an analytics folks, right? Um, in in our case, for example, I think that we have we we also believe that unless the data folks themselves learn how to do that at least a little bit, it it becomes a pointless exercise. You build a model and it doesn't get anywhere, kind of thing, right? Different folks have done it differently, but I feel that the 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 important thing is to understand that um, you know you could uh, bring in. Uh, folks who are playing different roles, uh, whether it is the same person doing the role or not is a different question. But there are different roles that need to be played and that identific identification of those roles is extremely important. You need somebody who's going to think about the cus uh, customer um, or the business user and uh, figure out what it is that they are really looking for, wh what it is that they would like to hear and what they don't like to hear. Um, 
and make sure that someone is constantly playing that. I think the owner of that data science team um, and that that function, if you will, and whoever that might be, it could be the um, you know, it could be the CTO, it could be the CIO, it could be um, it could be the CDO. Whoever that is has to be very cognizant of the fact that that needs to kind of happen. And if it doesn't happen, then everything sort of goes for a toss. So identifying those roles and then based on those roles, figuring out who's playing them and making sure that those roles are actually being played. But the onus, to be honest, is always going to lie on the people who are creating the product, right? Uh, whatever that product. Uh, so the onus can never lie on the business. Um, I keep going back to this example of um, think of your think of an end consumer, right? At the end of the day, if the end consumer like a like if you don't use uh, an app, you you're not using an app. Uh, it can't be your fault you're not using an app ever. So I think the same applies for business users also. So what you're saying is that the data guys need to sort of like, I mean, it's important for data guys to sort of. Uh, uh, know some business, learn the business context, solve business problems rather than solve maths problems. Because I think that's one trap that it's easy for data scientists to uh, get into, right? Like, because you will just go off into like some uh, different levels of geekery depending on what, what problem you're solving. And like that can, sometimes, sometimes your most elegant solution need, need not actually produce a good business impact in some, sometimes just a, Simple average somewhere might do the trick rather than uh, building some involved uh, model, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, um, this is something that I've seen a lot over 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 time, and you know, I think a lot of times we like um, a tech community, right? Whether it is a data scientist, data engineer, anyone, um, we tend to get lost in our own complexity. Um, of our own sophisticated problem, uh, so, sorry, sophisticated solution, uh, what kind of model, what kind of new technique are I, am I going to use, things like that, uh, without completely from beginning to end focusing on what is really the problem that we are looking to solve. Um, and uh, um, well, at least from my experience, um, you know, just thinking about it uh, with a sort of a design lens, if you will, uh, of looking at um, you know, uh, understanding where the source of the problem really is, understanding the real solution that somebody is really looking for, and then tailoring what uh, your uh, sort of data science solution should be uh, needs to happen, which a lot of times just doesn't happen. Um, and yes, you need to understand the business for it. You could get help. Uh, and somebody else provides that business context, but somebody really needs to always do that um on a consistent basis otherwise it just completely gets lost in in the in the in the math and the tech of it i think that the that also applies on the other end if you think about it as i have a lot, lot of results right and we also tend to uh, enjoy the the results that are coming out and uh, try to um, you know marvel at at our own sort of magnificence in figuring out that result uh not thinking about okay fine you know tied back to the problem that we have solved how do you make sure that you know going back to that point on communication how do you make it simple for them how do you make it uh, uh, easy for them to understand and read it um, uh, you know uh, how do you make it visually appealing how do you make it um, you know uh, even you know um, something that they can 
quickly touch, use, things like that, right? Think, thinking about it from that kind of lens is hard uh, for, for some of us to do. Uh, you could, you, you know, one of the things that you could also do is, you know, for example, some of the things that we are doing is we are bringing in actual designers who are going to think about it purely from the perspective of what does a customer want to look at, right? And what would they want to look at? What would they want to kind of uh, see and feel, touch and, you know, think, thinking about things like UX, for example, which I'm sure a data scientist wouldn't think about, right? If you're putting out a presentation, how should the presentation kind of flow to make, make sure that it makes sense? Um, things like that. I think it, it's, a, it's a very critical part, which, which often gets uh, lost in, 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 the, in, the, in the complexity of the solution. So how do you think of the teams for this? I mean, like, does, should everyone sort of like have some element of uh, communication in them or you try to bring in specialists for the communications who can be the bridge or like, or how do you solve this problem? I feel that there is a, there are only very few unicorns who will be able to do everything, right? So I think that's, that's one. But uh, um, there are, there is, there needs to be an appreciation for, of everybody for everything. Whether that appreciation need not be deep, but there needs to be a basic level of appreciation for the other aspects of um, you know uh, what what needs to happen. Even on the engineering side, for example, a lot of times I find that data scientists don't have that appreciation for what it takes to get the data to where it needs to get to. Um, but you need to have that kind of appreciation. Otherwise, you'll kind of um, you won't understand uh, the challenges and the complexities that they have to deal with and your solution hence won't be designed to deal with those complexities, right? Um, and on this side, in terms of design and whatever not, at least the route that we feel and what uh, at least we have taken is is more on the build basic appreciation, get SMEs. Uh, that's that's the route that we have taken. So we have people who are doing particular things as, as uh, you know, that's their core but they have an appreciation for the other stuff. How do you do it in a, I mean, yours is a sort of a, let's say you're a largest, largest organization serving several clients and so on. So you can kind of, like these, uh, so I think it works it. But with a, with a small team, I guess it's harder, right? I mean, you'll need to have some unicorn somewhere or I, I don't know, like, uh, uh, I'm struggling with the problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that there need to be some unicorns. I would also say that, um, um, uh, there needs to be training that happens really um, that that needs to be enabled for some of these people. I've seen in uh, in, uh, in at least in my past that um, you know doing something like a design thinking training so that people understand uh, how to really think about it uh, is extremely critical because a lot of times we just don't get exposed to things like that. Um, I think that the greater the exposure is, the greater the training is, even for small teams, I think that's extremely critical because it's just, at least it up-levels the work product more, right? Um, into a, into the into just that next category. Now, this, coming back to this communication, right? Like, I mean, let's just uh, start with the more broader slate in terms of like, how do you, I mean, like, let's assume you have built some cool model, whatever the uh, model is. It could be a regression, it could be some uh, some neural networks for all you know, but like, how do you sort of like, uh, I think one of the uh, challenges that uh, data science faces, I mean, I mean, let me know if I'm getting this wrong, but on my personal experience is that like, is communicating your results. Like, how do you uh, communicate whatever your, the insight you have found? Like, how do you, like, maybe the data itself has a story. How do you sort of communicate it to the, uh, uh, to the business? Like, 
should you abstract stuff? Should you show stuff to them the way it's like, how do you, how do you go over this problem? It goes back to the translation. Um, but I think that uh, uh, I, I heard, I read this somewhere that basically uh, humans basically can only understand stories and metaphors. Um, and so it's, it's, I guess, important for you to tell a story, for you to uh, contextualize in, in, in their kind of perspective. I, uh, to, I think the need to edit is also very high. Um, if you're not able to edit what you want to present properly and make sure that you cut out stuff that really they don't care about, it becomes a big challenge, right? I think using examples uh, of, uh, you know, say you've built a personalization model of some sort, uh, identifying a cohort of customers and showing the kind of personalization you're really talking about uh, as an example, bringing comfort to them to say that, hey, you know what, I've, I've, the model and all is doing what it's doing, but this is the result of it. And as you can see, this meshes well with your business intelligence that you have built up or you are thinking about your intuitive sense. So you can trust that there is, there is, a, there is a flow that is kind of happening here. Bringing out some of those examples, bringing out metaphors, bringing out stories, I think is a better way of uh, communicating the, the results rather than thinking of it as, um, I will talk through the process of how I built my model. Right. Okay. So it's basically, if you think about it in some ways, just to rephrase what you said, it's about going uh, backwards. Right? It's like, uh, talk over the solution. And then like only if they're like really interested and so on, you can talk over the process because the process doesn't necessarily add value to the business. Yeah. I think what they, what, what business cares about more is that, hey, is your process robust? Have you dealt with all the, uh, all the possible, you know, say data cleaning challenges that you might have had? Uh, can I trust the data that you have used? These are the questions they would have and you don't need to go into depth to show them uh, unless they ask for it, as you said. But uh, it's not a necessity for you to get into depth to show it to them. Right. Yeah, because I think sometimes, I, I mean, I, I guess, especially something like data science, like overselects for people who are like sort of interested in maths, interested in process, interested in sort of doing cool things that like they instinctively possibly over index on on that rather than uh, uh, rather than on the uh, on the story uh, story itself i guess yeah 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 absolutely i think that is why i think uh, data scientists need help uh, to be honest and bringing in that help from as much as many corners as possible becomes critical um so in a small team um making sure that one person is constantly say thinking about it or uh, making sure that at a bare minimum level, you put some standards processes saying that this is how you need to be at the minimum showing your presentation. These are the things you should not be showing. I think some of that helps. You mentioned that like data scientists need help. So who are the kind of people who can help the data scientists? Are these like, by, by, and by the way, the room, like everybody wants to be a data scientist. Right? Like sometimes you might have hired a visualization engineer, they'll want to be a data scientist. You, you hire somebody to, I don't know, I don't know, for whatever reason, like, uh, there's also like some sort of like, some things seem cooler than others and so on. So, so how do you get help to data scientists and make sure that you can get people who can actually help the data scientists? I mean, I don't know for a smallish team, but at least like, I can tell you from my, my at least my own experience is basically you get designers clean. 
they come with a so it's like uh, you're talking about orthogonal perspectives right it is a completely orthogonal perspective to a data science perspective and making those two mesh um is is probably the help that data scientists kind of need um uh, that's probably but that's only one example and that's very specific to our case maybe but um if you think about it i i feel that um you know we were talking about it earlier but bringing in more appreciation for it might help um bringing in a proper training program for it might help um bringing in um some some uh, base level practices can help um but other than an external entity uh doing it um in an orthogonal manner it's only the up leveling of the data scientists themselves which can help what and speaking of data scientists themselves right i mean like i have at least based on my anecdotal information like there's some kind of a some kind of a caste system uh, to for the lack of a better phrase right in terms of like everybody wants to be a data scientist and then like data because of that data scientists think that like they're the coolest and like they are like as i read in some blog recently i mean that's a blog i've quoted in some five different places already is that like data scientists believe that business intelligence is for less intelligent people and uh, I, and then like uh, so i then there's this impression that like people who are doing let's say business intelligence or analytics it's not as cool as data science uh, the data scientists want to work on the latest cutting edge technology and stuff. so how do you how do you sort of like uh, uh when somebody comes with that kind of a mindset like how do you uh, uh up level them in terms of better communication better appreciation of other uh, domains and things like that i think you like we like i think we've been dealing with this a question around business intelligence versus cool data science for so long now right i mean i'm sure you've seen it for so long also it's a it's a fundamental problem of not understanding uh, the objective i feel uh, and you know the focus uh, at the end of the day it's like it's a whatever you're doing is a tool to solve a business problem that's what it really is some of the best projects that i have worked on have not involved any modeling have not involved uh, any sophisticated stuff um but they have been simple cuts of data but with very high impact as long as you show it right um and tell that story right uh, which made uh, made customers like millions of dollars or whatever it is right but um that perspective that look all all of what you are doing whatever you are doing um relates back to the business problem itself and it doesn't like the tool what which you are using doesn't matter as much as whether you actually solved it or not um i guess i think that's that's the that's that perspective sometimes goes missing and you need to drive that perspective as much as possible into into people so that then they they realize the value but some some are to be honest extremely just fascinated by the by by the complicated stuff and you can't stop that uh, but as much as you can drive the perspective of hey you know what if you solve the business problem you will go to higher like lens and you know you'll become so much a much better uh, sort of uh, you know you'll have much better growth as long as you can drive that perspective i think people can see it and and understand it and and as they experience it themselves then they like it everybody likes things when when they when it gets used that's just the truth of all of us right 
So, yeah. So when they see that, okay, usage has happened and because of usage happening, something has happened. Uh, you have a sense of sort of pride in your work and that sort of leads to leads to things. But uh, going back, going back, pushing down the message of the business problem itself uh, is is critical. I don't, I, 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 I have always had an issue with this, with this uh, uh, complicated stuff versus business intelligence stuff. And it's just never gone away. Yeah, no, because I, I mean, I completely, even in my experience, I mean, I've probably been doing this for 10, 12 years now. Like, I've never really, uh, I don't remember a single case where I had a complicated model that delivered like massive impact. All the, the best impact has always been like, like I remember reading somewhere, uh, again, something I quote often that the best machine learning method is division. Like, like 90% of your work gets done with averages, right? I don't like, uh, so which is also like, I mean, back when I was a uh, I, 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 analytics consultant, like people would ask me, what kind of methods do you use in your analysis? And I would be like, in 90% of the cases, I use averages. In the 90% of the remaining, I use regression. And maybe beyond that, like it's just some... Uh, you almost never get there, right? But but people are always focused on that last one percent. What is the cool stuff that you're doing? What is the cool stuff I am doing? And uh, why did I sign up for this job where you're just asking me to find cuts of data rather than uh, sort of doing some cool models and stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I think there is a there is a uh, you know there is a I know mindset issue in some ways. I guess. Um, and but again, just goes back to what is the business problem and how are you gonna kind of solve it? I completely relate to what you're saying, though. Uh, I've always had an issue with the same uh, complicated um, modeling uh, where people ask saying, "Okay, what are you gonna build an RNN?" And you know, all of that. And it's like, why do you really need an RNN to do this? It's like maybe not, right? Think about that. If you can get the answer quickly and you can get the answer right. Then why do you need to make it make it any more complicated? Those reminds me of what somebody uh, recently told me. They were like, uh, "Okay, you might be able to solve this problem like this, and this might be more impactful for the business." But for my CV, I think I, uh, it's important that I do some more machine learning and things like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. See, I, at the same time, I don't want to say that that there is not a time and a place for doing those things. Um, obviously, there is, but it cannot be the it cannot be the base of everything um it needs to be contextual to the problem the 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 data that you have so many different things right what will a customer even understand uh, also matters if you build a very complicated solution and you can't explain it well enough um then really it doesn't make sense coming to the customers right so uh so do do you have cases of customers asking for like complicated solutions or do they just want the problem solved? I mean, like. Uh... It depends, uh, really. Um, obviously, you have a spectrum of, of different folks who ask for different things. But a lot of times, I think business users only care about, hey, I need to, I need to make this decision and tell me, give me information so that I can make that decision. Ideally, give it to me very fast. And uh, also make it easy for me to understand. I think if I look at it, like 60 to 70% of, of at least the people I have worked with, uh, 
are would would fall in fall in that kind of category. There is going to be some people who are either dealing with extremely complex uh, problems or are trying to push the boundary of you know what is the next thing that they can do or are just enamored by uh, a complicated um, you know solution who will ask for that but i would say majority is still uh, people who are looking for you know help in making their decisions and want to make sure that it gets done fast and wants to make sure that they understand what is going on and generalizing this a little bit right so let's say you're a business person who's engaging a data team i mean either within your company or as a uh, as an outsource vendor or whatever like you're a, you're a business person engaging the data team you are your job is to kind of get the insights out from them or maybe get a product from them or something like that so the question for you is like what do you uh, how do you how do you kind of uh, uh, what do you as a business person need to do to get the best value out of the out of the data team oh there's a it's a tough question. Um, I think providing a lot of context matters. Um, as much context as can be provided uh, matters. Uh, demanding uh, understanding of problem is critical. Tell me what you understood of what I want and um, asking for that is is very critical. Um, maybe even asking for what a sample solution would look like is very critical. Um, get that get all of that out of the way in the beginning so that uh, you know further down the line you don't have surprises as a business user right um i think it it becomes imperative for a business user to know that there can be a tendency to get lost in the solutioning and uh, to to keep that bounded and keep that tight is probably very very critical in for a business user the 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 beginning in the beginning it it becomes extremely important. I've seen a lot of cases where things fail because not enough information was given by the business user or uh, not uh, not uh, I mean nobody took the effort to make sure that an end output was uh, presented uh, as a mock in the beginning. Uh, so expectations were very different in terms of what I'm what the business user is going to get versus what the data science team is delivering. Um, I think small things like that help help a lot. Right. And does the business person need to know any little bit of data science or statistics or whatever, like just to make sure that the data team is not bullshitting them? More than that, uh, more than knowing statistics or or data science, I think um, you know applying their their own business knowledge and asking uh, for for uh, examples helps. Um, you know, I'm saying, okay, fine. Um, so can you tell me, uh, I mean, for example, when we work with, uh, say, B2B customers who are selling to uh, large organizations in uh, in the US, um, uh, you know, they know their accounts, say, in and out, right? Say they know that this kind of a, a large, large um, say, conglomerate buys these things from us. And... Um, you know, to ask the question of how much are how much is your model saying that they are going to buy the next month, and you'll obviously have a sense of whether that is even ballpark right, not ballpark right. I think checks like that become more important rather than knowing any regression or data science or anything like that. But uh, so now, uh, I mean, like uh, turning things a little bit. I mean, we were talking about like you spoke about a couple of cases in terms of like. 
business failures, like uh, not specifying the problem properly or like there being an expectations mismatch. This apart, what are the other cases where like sort of uh, data science teams or projects uh, uh, fail? Uh, uh, why else? I'm sure like through your uh, journey, you would have you would have had your share of some projects which wouldn't have worked out and so on. Like what happens? What happens in the cases when you can't deal with uh, why? Uh, why do projects fail? Yeah, so in some cases, it is uh, alignment um, uh, where, uh, you know, um, there there isn't enough alignment between either the stakeholders in the business themselves, right? What someone else is expecting versus what some other person is expecting is not the same thing. Um, In some cases, it is alignment between the teams. Um, You know, say there's a data science team and there is a business team um and if if there is inherent mistrust from the business team to the data science team can kind of fail uh um sometimes it's uh, you know people not uh, uh you know uh, not providing like the, the the data data guys not providing enough comfort to the business teams saying that um you know this is something that you can really use um and this is something trustworthy. I think that 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 translation becomes if that doesn't happen properly, it kind of fails. Not thinking about uh, end uh, output and uh, usage of end output enough. Um, you can, I think we talked about it before. You can create a sophisticated uh, model, but if 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 it doesn't deliver the end output in a usable format, it doesn't make sense. Um, sometimes not being scalable uh, in your solution. If it doesn't integrate with, uh, you know, downstream processes, then anything that you build is pointless. Uh, so that that could be a reason. Uh, sometimes it is uh, not making things simple enough uh, and not making it an enjoyable process, right? I think that's critical. Uh, when you are working with people, you have to make it enjoyable that for them also. And if that that is a very, you know, friction-filled uh, process, then it it It'll it'll fail. I'm reminded of one of our assignments uh, about some seven eight years back. This is the retail chain. So what I did was I actually like I remember sitting down with the, uh, the, the I forget the one VP and one GM I think and like actually taking them through the data, taking them through the model, saying like this is what the clustering put out, and let's take a few sample customers and this is what they looked like and things like that. And and at the same time I think they were working with another. Uh, larger uh, established analytics player, and they were like, "Okay, the they quickly figured out that they could use my model because I had given them the comfort of like uh, I showed them. Uh, I mean, we did speak about it a little bit earlier about not going through the process and stuff, but I did show them some uh, some facts of the data. I showed them some sample customers and so on, and I think that just generated this sense of uh, comfort for them." Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, one thing I, I'll also add to that is I think just the, uh, going off of the example that Lo said, when you're working on it, it's also important to keep going and showing something. Um, you know, there's also this tendency that in, in, in these kind of teams, sometimes what happens is that you tell me what I have to do, I'll go build what I have to build and then I'll come and pass it back uh, later. But that doesn't work. They You need to involve them in that process and uh, keep 
going and giving them pieces and show how the how the sort of the house is getting built and and not just show them like hey here's the house right so i think it's it's uh, th- that process has to be very you know um comfort filled and enjoyable like like you said yeah so i think that it comes down again to the sort of uh, uh, alignment and ownership and stuff right it is uh, yeah. yeah alignment ownership and and also trying to um yeah yeah i mean see if there is a base level of alignment issues then really you know that it is set up for failure from the beginning um but uh, but if if there is a little bit of an open mind to say that hey you know what i'm skeptical but you show me stuff and i might con- i might get convinced then you have scope for doing things which which can, you can take to the next level by i mean uh, 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 while back i think you mentioned about how like you need to sort of prepare mock ups in the beginning you need to show start with the intention and then sort of go backwards and so i was reminded of uh, sometimes in some people in writing we call the uh, it is not a formal term but we call it the reverse bollywood format where you start with the ending you start with the headline on top with the main conclusion and then dive go into how you got to it and so on don't wait don't keep your suspense to the end of the episode this i i mean doing a data project is again sort of like one thing where reverse bollywood format helps right you start with this is what i want to give you and then like you if i need like uh, some vaporware in there for now and then you go fill it in and like build the model and all those things yes yeah and uh, take them through those iterations um you know uh, it, look at the end of the day the the the, the this field and this, the kind of projects and the work that we do it is always going to be iterative you can't avoid it um the iterations are are uh, you know they are just going to exist so if iterations are going to exist it is better for you to kind of um prepare them for it um make sure that they understand what you're aiming for make sure that they understand you know what what uh, what challenges you might face um and prepare them for those iterations and take them through the journey rather than just you know dumping one thing in the end tell me i think like so i think you have seen the data journey since uh, i think the term data science got coined in 2008 which is uh, around the time i think you entered the industry and so on so so how has the industry evolved over the last decade or so and like how uh, and what uh, how has what excites people like could could be the data scientists could be the uh, business guys could be clients like how have the expectations changed and like wow what and then in the middle we had this whole big data thing and so on how, how have things changed in the last uh, dozen or so years so when i started actually the term data scientist didn't exist uh, i remember that my first designation was business analyst um so that, that was quite some time back um but i think a lot a lot has changed uh, people are a lot more like uh, let's talk about it in in groups of people right so if you if you talk about um, if you talk about uh, folks who are joining this field now they they have a certain expectation of what they need to be doing and we talked about some of that what they think is cool and what they think is um things that need to they need to work on and things like that um i think there is a lot more knowledge for them also they know it's lucrative right fundamentally um for them to be a part of that this industry i think that is that that knowledge is very well ingrained i think in a lot of people trying to get into this field um so uh, i mean ideally i would like more of them to be excited about the business problem itself rather than the 
um rather than the 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 you know uh, rather than anything else but the techniques and the tools sort of take over a lot of times um so that's on the that's on the you know folks joining the field perspective but if you look at businesses businesses also have gotten a lot more knowledgeable uh, before you could go and say stuff and you know they would um, they would listen they would listen to you because they didn't know much better uh, then but i think businesses business users uh, they have heard they've read uh, they know a lot more they have tried maybe have failed maybe has worked um it's just uh, it's a it's just that maturity curve that they have also kind of gone through and um, i think the expectations now is that hey you know what keep it simple for me um do it fast for me uh, i don't have like you need to you need to come to the table with uh, with something that you might have already kind of um done before you have um you know bring your knowledge to the table in some form or fashion you know so that you don't start from scratch um do it fast uh, do it do it do it simple and and make sure that whatever you do uh, you leave me with something which is scalable and usable uh, it can't be that you know you you solve this i i get you to solve this problem once and if i get this problem again i can't use your solution again uh, it has to it has to scale uh, either to uh, other places i can use it to or to uh, other points in time i need to do it in uh so it needs to be scalable it needs to be usable and i need you to do it really fast and but make sure keep you keep it simple so i think the expectations have gotten so much more higher um and that's a that's a journey that i guess every industry kind of goes through and 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 this industry is going through that same journey so with the expectations getting higher is the uh, output also like eating up or is there a sort of a mismatch now in terms of what people expect and like what's delivered i don't know i i i think it 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 will keep up uh i think this is a fundamental economics of demand and supply will play there and somehow it will keep up right um uh but uh, but yeah i mean it's not like it's ubiquitous and it's everywhere and everybody is doing it uh but you know there is enough and more effort in in a lot of places to to make sure that it, it try to keep up with that expectation and demand Uh, so you mentioned one thing about how like nowadays uh, businesses want their answers quickly and you need to take something uh, from your uh, uh, from your previous experience and things like that and so on right so i think this is one of these classic uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, dichotomies where businesses need some output quickly but typically um, especially if you are trying to get into the uh, modeling research kind of a thing like it the solution always takes time to build so how do you how do you got to kind of uh, bridge the gap apart from let's say coming up with some preset models or using just some simple averages and things like that yeah i think um, one is obviously it's important for you to however you can you need to bring that to the table right um that experience in terms of say preset models uh, reusable codes whatever it is right how can you bring efficiency into it has to come uh but i think the other part of it is uh, is 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 uh, is is basically iterations right so um you don't need to build the rocket ship out in the first go uh but you can at least show that hey there is this part of the rocket ship that is built and that could be useful for you in this way um and uh, giving those bits and pieces over time and eventually showing the rocket ship becomes kind of critical i feel because otherwise 
um you know uh, otherwise it is just a wait uh, that that just happens creating mvps i think is critical and goes back to design thinking in some ways that you know uh, how do you uh, how do you do prototypes quickly and show it uh, and uh, and show how it could be useful and then that kind of shows the direction of where you need to kind of get to i mean one thing which i think i wanted to ask uh, which we haven't covered like I, i think we have spoken a lot about the relationship between uh, business and uh, data science right uh, i think we have, uh, but the, the other thing which we, uh, it's probably gets a little less uh, footage i think is the relationship between tech and data uh, data science or analytics so how does you uh, how how do you see the uh, interaction between tech and data science how has it evolved over time and like what are like sort of good and bad practices on yeah i think that um, right now at least tech and data science are extremely integrated um i think that it's very important for them to be integrated as well i think going back to the solution building that i was talking about um especially say you have large amounts of data then tech becomes integral anyway um but even in other cases say you are you are bringing in data from so many different data sources um for to ma- to manage that and to set it up in a way where it can be used in data science also becomes kind of critical um so tech and uh, data science are actually are getting closer and closer every every single day right um and it it becomes very important for um for 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 data scientists to have an appreciation for what what uh what the tech side uh, brings to the table and for tech side to understand what data scientists need uh and uh, i think uh, if you look at most organizations today the, there is a there is a close relationship between both of them and i only see that relationship becoming stronger to be honest with you i don't know about whether you know uh, whether this will sit with that or that will sit with this and all of that but but at the end of the day um they need to work very closely like we had to build out a data engineering team and a tech team ground up uh to you know to make that happen otherwise we knew that we would kind of fail um in in whatever we are trying to do the other part of it is uh, the other side of tech which is more like product dev you know um that also becomes very important because if if you are not able to do um you know uh, people are expecting products right um this is the world we live in is hyper personalized but also like apps and all of this and people expect those things um from from uh from from whatever you're building so if you're not if you don't have a clean product dev kind of set up then that also kind of becomes a challenge because uh then you're not uh, going back to our earlier points you're not presenting whatever you're doing in a manner that they will want to use um yeah so So yeah I think the tech tech and data science I feel are getting closer and closer and more and more integrated and we need to get more and more integrated if you're if you're going to deliver to those expectations sort of related to that I think tech now in the over the last 10 15 years has completely embraced this role of the product manager to sort of like act as the go between go between between uh, business tech uh, design etc right so do you, do you see the the see a sort of a similar role in data and if so like what 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 does that kind of a role look like yeah i think uh, you know there have been attempts to kind of define that role but in a very narrow manner i feel um like i remember that there was a whole article around uh, the analytics translator and why that person is important to you uh, things like that who's kind of it's basically the linchpin who's tying everything together right i think that's kind of what 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 um 
what you're referring to and i think that that role is is there um usually what ends up happening is that the person who's front facing with the business plays that role um but uh, it could technically be anyone playing that role it could be the data science person playing that role it could be the tech person playing that role it could be a design person playing that role it could be anyone usually where it lands is is the is the person front facing to the business ends up playing that i'm sure you're playing that role in 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 the world in the world that you're in uh with the business and that that's probably the easiest because of the fact that um at the end of the day as long as the business is happy then you're good for listening to data shatter if you like this show please leave a comment share and subscribe to the podcast you can find this podcast on apple podcast spotify or wherever else you go to get your podcasts once again this is karthik signing off thank you